Well, good morning. It's a good morning. It's a great morning. Our youngest turned four today. And I just need to tell you, it's 9 a.m., so I can say whatever I want in the 9 a.m., and then Brittany corrects me in between services. So (laughs) a lot of times I'm a little wilder in the 11, but, you know, it, it just... Jensen, here, here, here's Jensen's personality. I just got to give you a little window into my son, my youngest. Today's his birthday. And, uh, you know, he, he, he turned four. So it's like a big, big deal for him. He's, he's getting old. And, uh, and so he, he's like fighting for his independence. So he likes to get dressed at night. So we finished bath time. And he runs upstairs. And he, and he puts on his pajamas. And, and he likes, just so you, you, you can get a full scope, he likes the footy pajamas. They're all zipped up, all tucked in tight, big shark face on it. So because Brittany and I are both on on, on staff here, uh, our Sunday morning ritual, we're headed out the door at 6.30 with a now four-year-old and six-year-old. And and so we're we're loving parents. So we just shove them in the car in their pajamas and and blankets. I mean, they're half asleep. Like, where are we going? Oh, it must be church day. And uh, and so uh, anyways, I go to get Jensen out of the car here at the church this morning, and he puts a big grin on his face. He says, Dad, I'm not wearing any underwear today. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Jensen. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> I, just, I just had to share that. And if I get in trouble, it won't make it in 11. And, uh, and so, anyways, uh, man, Jensen, it's, it's a good day because Jensen's just not wearing any underwear. Uh, so, if this is your first time here or maybe it's been a long time, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> my name's Josh. I'm the lead pastor here. And, uh, and, and we're just imperfect people. Uh, trying to follow Jesus, and we love what we get to do here at Greenville First. And uh, so we're continuing in our series, Uphill Habits, and this is week four in this series, and, and it's really this concept and idea that we all have uphill aspirations, dreams, uh, and hopes for our life, but a lot of us have uh, downhill habits. And so how are we ever going to make it uphill uh, with, with downhill habits? And I really thought about joining the craze of social media and doing some funny memes with Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, going, trying to go uphill, downhill with his mittens, but I didn't. Uh, so I was, I was really trying to behave today. Uh, and uh, so anyways, week one, we uh, talked about how do we exchange our worry for worship? A lot of us, we, we can fall into this, this habit, this downhill habit of worrying about way too much, but God created us to worship. And uh, week two, we talked about exchanging our gratitude, or our grumbling, don't exchange your gratitude, our grumbling for gratitude. Uh, and then last week, uh, we talked about moving from being fickle to being faithful. And, uh, and I'm glad that people are listening because I had somebody in the church even the other day, they text me and they said, Pastor, I'm really sorry to be fickle, but can we, can we reschedule? And I'm like, yes, that's great. At least you are listening, so we're good. Uh, there is grace. But today we're talking about this idea, how do we move from this idea of feeling like stuff is pointless to living a life that's full of purpose? How do we move from pointless to purpose? And I, I think oftentimes when we, when we talk about this idea of purpose, our, our, our mind 
immediately goes to, you know, what is our vocation and what are we doing? Why did God create me to be on this earth? And yes, that, that is, and we'll talk a little bit about that purpose today. But I also think that we find ourselves in these ruts of feeling pointless in our moments in the wilderness, in our moments of tragedy, in our moments of struggle, when we are looking at our, our circumstance and we are saying, God, why am I here? Why am I going through this? And we begin to, even in our todays, struggle with this idea and and this downhill habit of living like our life or today is pointless, yet it's an opportunity for God's purpose. So we're going to talk about that today. Because I think that there's a lot of us that we, we go through life, we go through circumstances, and we feel like some of it's just pointless. Everything can become monotonous. We get so torn down and exhausted because life in our todays are just a struggle. But see, I believe that God has purpose to be fulfilled in everything, in every day. In our highest moments and our lowest moments, God's purpose does not change. But see, for us to move uphill, we've got to exchange this mentality that where I may be today is pointless and say, God, what is your purpose? See, Scripture says this. Scripture says God works all things together for the good of those who love him. And oftentimes in our Christian faith, I think that we just, that's like a pick-me-up. It's like, oh, no, 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 I love Jesus, so everything's going to be good. But that's not the way the Scripture is, is written. Scripture just says God works all things together for the good of those who love him. So that means all of our sadness, all of our tragedy, all of those moments of feeling pointless, God is still working it together for the good of those who love him. So what that tells me is God's got a ton of purpose for our life and our lows and our highs and everything in between, and he's working it for good, but the enemy wants us to think that it's all for pointless. It's all pointless. It doesn't matter. The, tr- the struggles we go through, the heartbreaks that we go through, the difficulties we go through, it's all pointless. But God says, no, I have a purpose. And what would our life begin to look like if we can begin to flip this downhill, what is so natural to so many of us, of just thinking that sometimes things are pointless. Sometimes we go to work and we're like, what is the point of this? I don't feel fulfilled in this. Sometimes we look and we've been praying for that, that, that need. We've been, we've been praying and seeking God and we're saying, this is pointless. He's not listening. But see, here's the thing about God's nature. God never stops listening. God's always listening. God just may have us in a holding period. We see Jesus even went into the wilderness before the ministry took place. There are times, I would love to paint this picture that everything's going to be hunky-dory and everything's going to be great in life and just smile and pull up your pants, put on your underwear, and let's go. (laughs) But it doesn't work out that way. There are going to be moments and a lot of times tragedy, a lot of times this monotony of life, it just kind of just appears. We're not prepared for it. We're not, we're, not, we're not hoping and praying for it. This is not our uphill destination. But see, we have to choose in those moments, what decision are we going to make? Are we going to continue to fulfill God's purpose, not only for my life, but for today? Or are we going to fall into line with everyone else and just think that it's all pointless? 
Because see, a pointless life has no destination. But see, God works all things together for the good of those who love him. And those who love him have a destination with him. There is eternity on the other side of this life. It's not pointless. Every decision we make, every, every step that we take in our life has purpose if we will walk in God's will and God's plan for our life. See, I know that we ask questions of why are we going through this pain? Why are we walking through this difficult situation? Why hasn't God opened that door? Those questions are real and those questions are okay. They're natural. But here's what we all have to understand today is that God didn't design us without a point. God designed us with a purpose. He's not wasting the moments that you feel like are purpose or pointless because he's got a purpose for you. So we're going to talk about three thoughts on living with purpose today. How, how do I embrace this habit of living with purpose, living on purpose? And the first one is this. Don't waste what God has provided. Don't waste what God has provided. Luke 12, verses 15 through 21. Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he, talking about Jesus, told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. There's a lot of us that would love this place of abundance. <laughs> Jesus, let me just get a little bit of that. Verse 18, then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus again, a grain. Verse 19, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, eat drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Now oftentimes when we look at this parable, it's, this, it's, it's really from a state of generosity. But I want to propose and challenge you to look at this parable a little different today. Because when we look at this rich man, he really didn't do anything evil. Many of us, if, if we had too much, well, what do we do? Why do we have garages in, in South Carolina? So that we can store more stuff, you know? Addicts. Just... Got a present from my parents a couple of weeks ago. It's just a bag of stuff, like a 1992 Christmas ornament, <laughs> you know, in this bag. Thanks, Mom. It's good. <laughs> but what do we do? I mean, this is, this is in our rhythm and our routine. We just, we just store stuff. We wouldn't say that storing and keeping stuff is evil. I, I wouldn't look at this, this story and say, man, this rich man was, was, was just, oh, he was, he was awful. No, it's not this great evil sin that was committed. He was just sitting on what he had. He was wasting an opportunity. And how many times do we fall into the same trap? 
See, when we fall into this trap of thinking that our circumstance, our situation, our, 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 our wilderness moments are pointless, we're sitting on gold of what God could use and what God is intending to do in and through us. Because here's what we never know. We never know who else is about to walk through that wilderness and they need the strength of another believer who's navigated and walked through that. We never know the tragedy that we suffered, but God knew that our faith was deep enough to sustain us and someone with a little less faith is going to walk along and what we thought was pointless was full of purpose because God needed us to be there for them. But see, if we think that everything's pointless, we can begin to be so bogged down, the enemy will begin to captivate our mind, will suck the very life out of us, and we'll miss those moments of purpose because we just feel like it was all pointless. We think that that moment that, that we, were, we wanted that job or we wanted to move here or we wanted to, to do that and God shut the door and we're like, what is the point of all this? But then sometimes it takes years, it takes months, it takes weeks, maybe decades for us to look back and realize the provision of God in the entire thing. None of it was pointless. It was all on purpose. Don't waste what God has provided. And I mean that in all scope of your imagination. From the roughest of your days, I say, God is still providing for you. He's providing grace. He's providing his peace. He's providing his hope, his mercy. God is always providing. But when we live in this place of, of thinking it's all pointless, we are wasting what God has provided. And we're no different than the rich man who just says, well, I'm just going to store it up all here. I'm going to store up all my faith because God's not using me right now. I'm going to store up all my talent right now because how could God use someone like me? I'm going to store up all my, all my emotions right now because I'm just in an unhealthy place. And God's saying, hey, I want to use you on purpose. Don't waste it. See, this would have been common when Jesus is teaching for, for people to bring and begin to ask questions. And, and that's why Jesus begins to, to illustrate. But the key here is not on, I don't believe for today, that it's just on the possessions. It's about the waste. I don't believe that God's looking and saying, hey, if you've got a lot of grain, you're out of my will. If you've got a lot of stuff, you're, 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 you're living apart from me. But God is saying, hey, if I've provided it, you better be putting it to the purpose of which I've created and intended for your life. That we wouldn't waste. Our lives are not about pursuing our dreams. You know why? Because most of our dreams are self-exalting pride fantasies. We rarely know what's truly best for us. Do you understand this? We, re we, we really struggle with really knowing what will make us happy. That's why when we miss this, when we're not connected to the source of all joy, why does the world around us continue to search for things to continue to fill their life? Because we, as, as, as creatures, as, as human beings, we don't know what we really need. But the one who designed us does. The one who created us, the one who breathed life into us, he knows. And so when we're living in this place, in the state of thinking everything's pointless versus living in God's purpose, we feel empty. We feel, we, we, we feel 
unfulfilled, but God is just saying, don't waste what I've given. Sometimes we need to hit pause and and stop asking God to deliver us from our wilderness and ask God, how can you use me in the midst of this circumstance? How can you use me in the midst of my situation? How can I be a blessing? God, thank you for being with me in the wilderness. Thank you for being with me in in the darkest of the valleys. Thank you for never forsaking me. And God, how can you use me today? You are not here by accident. God is sovereign, and if he, if he still has you here, he has good reasons. So trust him. We were at a restaurant this, this past weekend, and, um, and I was watching. I, I enjoy cooking. And so there's this little window, and, uh, and, I, and I peek in so I can see the kitchen. And, and this lady, she's, she's rolling out biscuit dough. And I mean, I'm just, she's like, she's got this round piece of dough. She probably gets 10 biscuits from it. And there's all these scraps that are left over. And I was curious, you know, what's going to happen? Does she just like scrape them all in the trash? What happens to those scraps? And you know what she does? She rolls it all together. She does, does her little magic trick. I don't know. Rolls it back out. See, there's so many times, I think, in our life, and I, and, I, and I was just like enamored. I could have stood there for probably an hour and just watched this lady make biscuits. <laughs> Can you come to my house and make biscuits like that? That would be, yeah, be real good. But here's the incredible thing. Nothing was wasted. In that entire batch of dough, nothing was wasted. See, I think as humans, sometimes we see everybody else's biscuits being cut out. And they look all nice and pretty. They're ready for the oven. They've been put on. The, and, and we just we feel like we're the scraps. Because when we're, when we're in those wilderness moments, when we're in our, we're in our valleys, when, when it's like valley of the shadow of death, that's not a fun place to be. We felt the, we felt the biscuit cutter separate us. We've, we've gone through those tragic moments or difficult moments where we feel like, ha, I'm just nothing but a scrap in this place. But we can either choose to stay there or allow our designer to work all things together for the good of those who love him. See, our creator, our designer, keeps rolling the dough back in. And he keeps putting the flour on the pan. And if you know how to make biscuits, whatever, teach me a thing or two. But rolling it out, and he's cutting and cutting and cutting. Why? Because God does not waste opportunities. We sometimes waste opportunities. We sometimes waste what God has provided. But he's saying, child, listen to me. I have a purpose for you in the darkest and the highest. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so while it may be a difficult season, I'm still here. And I've still got a purpose for your today, your tomorrow, and until you breathe the last breath on this earth. And so as long as God has us here, we say as long as there's breath in our lungs, there's purpose on our life. And we believe that. Because when God's purpose on this earth is done with us, he wants us to be in heaven with him. He doesn't want to live, leave us here to, to live in, in this world. He created us so that we would not be separated from him. His grand plan is that we would be reunited with him. So can I tell you? Trust him. If you're here, God's got something for you. 
Wilderness moments still have their purpose. Painful moments still have their purpose. Quiet moments still have their purpose. Tragic moments still have their purpose. The middle moments are sometimes the most difficult. So you're like, well, I'm not at the bottom, not at the top. Maybe I'm just in this pointless place. They still have a purpose. And God is the same God in the wilderness, in our pain, in our wandering, in our suffering, as he is in the highest moments of our life. And we may not understand all the purpose. We may not understand everything that's going on. But God is orchestrating it all for the good of those who love him. Second thing is this. Is that purpose defines our priorities. Purpose defines our priorities. Our lives are clouded, chaotic at times. Some of you are like, it's chaotic all the time. Pulling every which way but the right way. We live in this world that is pulling, wants nothing more than to pull us from our purpose and pull us from the priority of putting God first. We don't live in a world that is like pushing us to do the right things, pushing us towards God. If anything, the the world around us is continuing to create a greater and greater separation. But see, priorities are what you choose to make more important than another. Luke 8, 18, 18 through 25 says this, A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answers, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You should not commit adultery. You should not murder. You should not steal. You should not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I've kept since I was a boy. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. See, when our, when our connected purpose, when the purpose we're living in, because sometimes our purpose may not be God's purpose, and if we're living for our purpose, it's full of selfish and, and selfishness and full of pride. Our priorities are in the wrong place. We can never have our priorities in the right, in, in the right place if our purpose is not in the right place. They are connected hand in hand. That's why why us living in our purpose, fulfilling our purpose, knowing our purpose, looking for our purpose, that's why it matters because we'll never get the priorities of our life right if we can't get the purpose of our life right. Our purpose should determine how we spend our time, how we spend our talent, how we spend our finances. Our priorities say a lot about not only where we are today but where we're headed. And I think one of the keys to setting our priorities to to align with our purpose is learning to have diligence. Diligence. There's a frequency. There's a rhythm. There's a consistency that has to take place because, let me tell you, I have to check my priorities every day. That's diligence. Because I don't believe our priorities just accidentally fall in line. I think even when we know our purpose and we're living in our purpose, 
It's a little easier to align our priorities, but it doesn't happen by itself. It's like Jensen's not going to put underwear on by himself, you know? We're having to revert backwards, help our child. But see, diligence requires me to discern God's will for me right now. That's diligence. Diligence is every day asking God, what is my purpose for today? Would you open my eyes, Lord, that I may see how you intend to use and work through me today? That's diligence. Because it's a lot easier for us just to pray this prayer, God, what is the purpose for my life? And God begins to reveal. And so maybe, maybe God's gifted us with, with the ability to sell stuff. So we, we pursue this career in sales and we're fulfilled and we're happy and we're providing for our family and everything's going great. But see, we can fulfill the big picture purpose and still miss the little moments. Just because we know, oh yeah, pastor, I know why I was created on this earth. I'm living, I'm living in the lane. And, and I think often, you know, there's, there's a lot of people in our church that do feel fulfilled with what God has you doing from 9 to 5 or 8 to 5 or, or 12 to 12, 7, whatever your work schedule may be. But what about your todays? Are you diligent enough to ask God, God, what is your purpose for my life today? Because we all want to chase to the, we want to chase to the uphill. We, we see it on top of the hill. That, that's where we're aiming and that's where we're going. But it takes diligence to charge. It takes one foot being in front of the other. You don't just appear on top of the hill. It's taking diligence. And can I tell you, sometimes his efficiency is different than ours. His priorities for our life may be different than the ones that we, we would choose to exhibit. See, sometimes we look at efficiency, and I'm married, if you know anything about the Enneagram. Brittany is a three. I'm going to tell on her right now. So she thrives with efficiency. She thrives with checking off this list. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who are like that. But here's what I can say with confidence. Sometimes that efficiency checklist is different than what God has for you. You've got to live in this pattern of it's not my will but your will, God. I'm not, going, I'm not going to despise the inconveniences of this life because it may be God's purpose for me. I don't get so caught up in the checklist because we can say, well, I, Pastor, I, I, I have my priorities, and, and you should. But are you willing to seek God every morning to say, God, are my priorities your priorities? Is my efficiency your efficiency? Because the way we draw things out on a map may look a little different than the way God draws things out on a map. The destination may be the same, but the journey is going to look different unless we create this alignment, and it takes diligence to make that happen. There's going to be a, a, a huge attack on your purpose. But here's what I believe. With God, it's possible for us to stay in alignment. The opposite is also, it's very possible for us to lose our sense of purpose in the simple day-to-day -day things. And it only takes a little degree of separation to get really drastically off course. If you ever put a boat and you're a degree off, you just go long enough and you're going to be, you're going to be in trouble. Why? Because every little thing, it matters. It matters that we keep our alignment, our priorities, our purpose together. But the greatest priority of our lives should be Jesus. 
it all boils down to Jesus. If our purpose is found in God, then our priority should be in him. And that's why the last thing today that I want to challenge you with is the greatest purpose for your life is to magnify Christ. The greatest purpose for your life is to magnify Christ. Now, my dad, when I was growing up, he'd recite this scripture over and over. I feel like, I, I mean, I, my dad, I, can I just, I'm, I'm, he's in this service, so I'll be, I, but my dad recited a lot of scripture. Anytime I feel like children obey your parents for in the Lord this is right you know he's not just telling us to be obedient he's 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 investing God's word into us why because he believes thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you and I I I remember growing up hearing him say this over and over whatever you do in word or deed do it all for the glory of Christ why because it's not just this command hey hey do things with excellence And I think we should do things with excellence. But it's this understanding that everything I do should make Jesus look great. Everything I do should magnify Jesus. So if my purpose is in him, then my greatest purpose is to magnify him. But that also means my treasure has to be found in him. My priorities have to be found in him. I have to treasure him so much that I don't want to waste what he provides for my life. Even though this world may say you've been dealt a bad hand of cards, God oversaw that whole process. So you know what? Even if your deck of cards looks different than my deck of cards, God still dealt them and his purpose is still present. It's not pointless. It's full of purpose. You and I are only on this planet for a few years. But it's all for the same ultimate reason. Is that we would live and die to make Christ look valuable. To look magnificent. To look great. See, Paul Paul figured this out in his life. He writes in Philippians 1, 20 and 21. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now... As always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because Paul figured out something. To live and magnify Jesus, it's great. But you know what? If it costs me my life, it's even better. Because I don't have to be separated from him any longer. But here's what I need you to process, and and, and this is the image I want to give you for today as we close, is that when I tell you that our greatest purpose is to magnify Christ, it's not magnification in the sense that like a a microscope. A microscope, we we look to to go like in. Cohen got a microscope from you know, for, for Christmas and, and, and he wants to like look at the, the, the fibers of like a feather or something like that. No, when, when our call to magnify Christ is not in the sense of a microscope, it's in the sense of a telescope. Because here's what, here, here, here's what something, a telescope takes something that is magnificent and beyond our, our, our understanding and our comprehension and it brings it into a palatable moment. So here's the thing with our life. 
Our life should be a reflection of Jesus in the sense that people around us who don't understand, who in their own ability can't see him, but they can see him through you. That's the greatest purpose of our life. Not to get caught in this this drill down moment, but to take what is great and in and through our life, the purpose is that we would magnify Jesus. But we can't do that if we're not living in his purpose. If we're stuck in this mentality that what we're going through is, is pointless. Christ is magnified most when we're satisfied in him. When we understand that he is our treasure. He is our greatest priority and our greatest purpose if we choose for him to be. Now I want to give you just a few practical things. Because I think that this is a lesson that we constantly, it's a, it's a cycle. Because you know what? Today we may feel great about ourselves and then tomorrow all of a sudden it's a rough day and you're like, what was the point of today? And you know those moments. You step into the house after maybe a day of work or maybe not a day of work and your spouse looks at you and you say, how was today? Eh, it was okay. Here's what I believe. I, don't get me wrong that we should live in this false sense of reality that everything's hunky-dory and everything's always going to be great and we should just always have a smile. But I believe if we're living in the fullness of God's purpose, there's never a day that goes by that we miss his movement in and through our life. And I can be guilty of that. Don't, don't feel like this, that pastor up there, he's acting like everything. No, no, no. I have to say this to remind myself. There should never be a day that goes by that we, we are not fulfilling God's purpose for our life in our today. There is no pointless day as long as we are on this earth. So you know what? In those days that are quiet, maybe it's time that you hit your knees and begin to pray for other people. In the middle, maybe... Maybe you begin to look out and say, you know what? Who else is in the middle? And let's go, let's go to Jesus together. Because it can feel lonely, but I can promise you, if you're in the middle of a mess, you're not alone. Jesus is with you. And there's a lot of other believers that are going through very similar stuff as to what you're going through right now. Mountaintops, valleys, wilderness, tragedy. There's purpose in all of it. But there's a couple of things I think we can do practically. The first is this, is that we would remember his promises. Remember God's promises. I love this in Isaiah 46, 4. Even to your old age and gray hairs. I'm getting a few. I can't grow them on my head, but I got a few in my beard. I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. Now, I I don't want to camp here too long, but let let me just tell you. When we look at the God of the universe compared to the gods of other people that have lived on this earth, here's the difference about our God. The gods of this earth have to be carried by the people that worship that God. Our God carries us. We have to remember his promises. Because we can get caught up and feel like we're carrying the pointless life that we're living. But when we, when we fully trust in God and we're living in purpose and we're reminding ourselves of his promises, his promises to sustain us, his promises to carry us, his promises to never leave or forsake us. 
I can live with a great sense of purpose knowing that the creator of the universe is not forsaking me. I think the second thing that that we can do practically is to turn off the blank. (laughs) Turn off the whatever you need, whatever you need to fill in that blank with. Whatever is the negative voices, whether it's the TV, whether it's the social media, whether it's the friends that just constantly are just pulling you back down into the garbage. Turn it off. Whatever you're doing to medicate the sadness and the weariness and the pointless feeling, stop it. Because it's not drawing you closer to Christ. We can live, and I, and I believe the enemy tries to attack. You know why he tries to attack God's people? Because there's purpose on your life. And when you make a decision to follow him, that means you're heading in a direction that's dangerous for the enemy. So stop, stop trying to, to self-medicate on the things of this world that just make you feel better about your circumstances. Lean in. Turn it off. If you can read, read God's word. So then you can accomplish point one, to remember his promises. Because you're never going to know the promises God has for your life if you don't get in and read his word. It's not enough to hear what pastor has to say on Sunday to sustain you because this world, it's going to be rocky. It's going to be bumpy. You're going to have some wilderness moments. You're going to have some tragic moments. And you need the relationship with with God that's not dependent on a pastor in a church. It's not even dependent on a small group leader because you have figured out Christ is my treasure. And the third is this, I believe that you find a place to serve. Now I know when people hear, oh, here we go. You know, I think the easiest step to serve is right here. But it's not the only step. It's not the only step. Find a place to serve. Do you know how many people we have that aren't physically here right now in our church because of of safety precautions for their life with the pandemic health concerns? Do you know how lonely it could be if, if, if I'm living in my house by myself? We have people in our church that have been limited to the exposure of others since March. Church, we're going on almost a year. And you know what? We try to love and we try to care. And you know what? I, I constantly feel like we come up short. But we can't do it all. There's an opportunity for you to fulfill purpose just by being obedient. You know the healthiest thing to get you out of this pointless state of mind is to live in purpose, to serve someone else. Then you're reminded, God, you do have me on this earth for a reason. I did go through that for a reason. God will supernaturally begin to align things that you'll step back and you'll say, I had no idea that was was God's plan. But praise God, he, he aligned. He gave, me, he gave me a word for that moment. I didn't know when it was going to come, but it came right then. Or that person who calls and says, you, Pastor, you have no idea what it meant that somebody showed up on my doorstep and, and we dropped off chicken pot pies or, or whatever the case may be. You have no idea what that means because I felt so lonely. I felt so isolated. Those are just little moments. Maybe it's a coworker that, that just needs to talk and you've ignored them and you haven't given them the time of day and it's time for you to say, hey, I know you, I, you looked stressed the other day. Why don't you just come in? Let's talk about it. Because when we begin to serve others, we begin to realize that there is a lot of purpose in our life. But we've got great opportunities to serve here too. If that's a little out of your comfort zone, you know, you're like, I am not like showing up to somebody's house that I don't know. That's okay too. 
that's why we talk about growth track each and every week. Sometimes I feel like, I'm like, what's the point? Are people really, are, are they really listening? And you are because we have people in growth track each and every week, don't they? But I struggle with that sometimes. Because I'm like, are, are we just a broken record? Are people getting it? But here's the, here's the beauty, people are getting it. We have new people hopping on serve themes each and every week. Why? Because more and more people realize I have purpose on my life and it's time. It's time. Because we can make a bigger kingdom impact when we live in God's purpose. But the greatest decision that we can make, we can can serve, we can turn off the negative noises, we can remember God's promises, but the greatest decision we ever make is the one to walk in relationship with Jesus. It makes all that possible. So whether you're with us online or whether you're here in the building, we're just going to pause as we close today. I want every head to be bowed, every eye to be closed. You say, Pastor, I, I need to live with the purpose you're talking about. I feel like I've just been in this mess. I, I, I feel like I, I've, nothing in my life has ever made sense. And here's what I believe. It will never make sense until you make a decision to get right with Jesus. Because Jesus is the creator of your life. He is the one who wrote your purpose before your parents even thought about you. And the greatest decision we can ever make is to ask him to be the Lord of our life. To forgive us of all of our sin, of all of our mistakes. And help us to follow him. So I want us to all just repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. Help me to follow you. Help me to love you. Help me to love others. Help me to live on purpose. In Jesus' name.